Today's show is sponsored by Miracle Made. And oh my God, you guys, you know that I love a luxurious set of sheets. And I now have such a set of sheets because of a miracle made. They are bedding that has been inspired by NASA. They've got silver infused fabrics that actually make temperature regulating a thing. Uh, so you're not like getting too hot or too cold or whatever, you know, the whole thing that happens with your body's temperature losing its mind. Miracle made helps with that. One of the little things that my husband particularly loves about Miracle Made is that it like doesn't have as much bacteria as regular sheets because of it's infused with this silver that prevents up to 99.7% of bacterial growth. So it leaves the sheets cleaner for longer. And then the thing for my husband is that it doesn't give him acne, which is like an issue for some people. But more than all of that, it's just luxuriously comfortable and delightful. And it has that cooling feeling while also being cozy. Very hard to achieve those two things at the same time. I mean, miracle made, come on, well done. So here's what I think you should do. I think you should go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and buy some sheets today. And if you order today, you can save 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation at the checkout and you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. So there's just a lot of savings here, folks. Order today, you'll get 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation. And Miracle's so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30 day money back guarantee. So if you're not 100% satisfied, which I don't see happening, um, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and use the code fake the nation to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash fake the nation to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. Fake the Nation, episode 155. Hello, hello, this is Fake the Nation, where we talk about news, we talk about politics, and where we actually celebrate July 4th. I am your host, Nikine Farsad, and I'm wishing you many a merry 4th. I hope you're eating a lot of hot dogs, wearing a lot of flip-flops. I hope you're not checking your email. I hope you're having face-to-face contact with your friends and your family. I am hopefully and theoretically doing that as well. But we don't want to leave you hanging. You know what I mean? We want to just give you some sort of an episode here at Fake the Nation. And we've got a special bank holiday edition for you, uh, especially if you're a fan of the wonderful Stitcher podcast, Unladylike. We've had the Unladylike hosts on the show. Uh, so you should all, I think you probably have already subscribed. We've got a Fake the Nation style discussion with them, followed by a segment I did on their show about online dating. It is a fun segment on online dating because I had fun. So um, stay tuned. I think there's a lot of helpful tips if you guys are in the online dating world. I like kind of think I cracked the code. <laughs> so it's it's me and them, and then it's more me. Um, it, it's fun, I promise. Okay, so let's get started with the only topic, which is still topic number one. 
We read a piece in The Cut called Dreaming About an Ex, an expert explores 20 reasons why uh, by Candace Jalili. And I realized I've totally dreamt about two of my exes and they are the worst, so I don't understand why I've dreamt about them. Here to talk about this strange phenomenon are Kristen Conger and Caroline Irvin, hosts of the Unladylike podcast. Thanks, guys, for doing the show. Thank you for having us. Um, Okay, so first off, do you guys ever dream about their your exes, or do they ever just pop in your head for reasons that are confusing to you? Yes and yes. yes. Okay, explain. So um, I have a long-ago ex mm. who was young love, mm. um, and it kind of went on and off for a long time. I dated people in between. He dated in, people in between. Um, but he will pop into my dreams Every once in a while, and it's usually when my long-term relationship that I'm in is, you know, not going great for whatever reason. Maybe Mm. we've been arguing. Maybe we just haven't seen each other in a while. You know, maybe just something is off. Um, And that is when that dude pops into my brain because my brain's like, hey, remember when you, like, didn't have anything to worry about, you know? Like, you you didn't (laughs) have a job yet. You were young. You were 25 pounds thinner. And, like, you were at the beach with this guy. And uh, so, honestly, it's it's really no wonder that he pops into my head when real life is less than ideal because I just feel like it's my brain's way of being, like, just – Maybe you can get back there somehow with the current person that you are literally in love with and living with. <laughs> Has it ever messed you up, though, yes. at all? Okay. It, yeah. That's, that's, that's all I want to know. How has it messed you up? Um, Because just like dream emotions can be so intense and the memory of how things were like with that person, um, it was just such like a carefree, wonderful emotional period um, where it was all fun. It was no work, uh, very laid back. And so like when I'll wake up from these dreams. It really was, whirlwindy, I imagine, as well. Whirlwindy, yeah. yeah. And and I wake up and I'm it's it's there's um a feeling of like, oh, I'm back in real life, you know? Yeah. Um and of wow. Like, oh, I'm never going to feel that way again. Yeah, Is there like, a fear do I, of that? Do I miss this person or do I just miss feeling that way? And I really do think it's like I miss feeling that way way. And there is a fear of like, will I never feel that way? And that's ridiculous. You know, like I'm very in love with my boyfriend and everybody has problems now and again. And it's like, I just think my brain is trying to remind me to like get back there. Yeah. And and according to this article, uh, experts agree that your brain is telling you to find the spark. Or if you don't have a person in your life, your brain is telling you to go and find a person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's probably really common, right? To, uh, and I'm so curious to, to hear from Fake the Nation listeners if you guys ever dream about your exes um, despite being in, you know, healthy relationships. <laughs> um, and I think it is a spark thing because you, it's the spark thing is fleeting. You're only mm-hmm. going to experience that a few times in your life, right? Where the, the newness and that whirlwind first six months or whatever that are just like, oh, so exciting. And, you know, yeah. And you're just like flitting around and it doesn't seem, everything seems to be warm even though it's winter. You know what I mean? It's just like <laughs> that thing is only going to happen a few times in life it, it, in that kind of intense way. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and you, but you can resurrect it even if you're in a healthy relationship you know um so did you do you ever think about your exes 
I, there's one that I dream about every now and then. Um, and it was kind of a first love situation. It was like my first legit um, boyfriend who hung out with my family regularly. Uh. Things were serious. Um, and ultimately, I ended up breaking up with him because it was also the first time that I felt out of love and I didn't know what to do with those oh, feelings at all. Yeah, so interesting. You know, because yeah. like like that felt like I was almost like betraying myself because suddenly just like to not to not have those feelings and those desires anymore, um, I it just really freaked me out. And then I was like, I just want to make out with other people. Um, <laughs> and uh, but then we. We had sort of like a, a back and forth for a long time. He constantly wanted to get back together, and we did briefly, but he flipped it into sort of this thing of like, you should be so grateful because you dumped, you know, you dumped me, and now and and now I'm, you know, accepting you back, kind of. Mm. Um, Wait, that's the dream. No, no, no. This oh, was sorry. this was IRL. Oh, oh, got you, got so you. So I dumped him, and then uh, and then we got back together briefly, and I dumped him again. Okay, and and but then I had to fully ghost because yeah. he wouldn't let it go, and I was by that point dating my now spouse, and um, he this ex boyfriend emailed me on uh, the my now spouse's birthday. Oh God. And was which turns out was that, that it was intentional? Well, turns out that uh my current husband's birthday was uh my past anniversary with this other person. Oh, so annoying. I received so I received oh, this God. email of like, hey, you know, thinking about you. Um and I was just like, I can't respond to this. Yeah. Because this is never yeah. going to stop. And I can either um I, I just don't know. Um, so I just ghosted it. And he pops up in my dreams when I am feeling the most out of sorts in my life. Mm. Um, and not and there's no desire to be back with him. He just is almost this like he feels more like a symbol of um me feeling like I'm just just not meeting up to other, everyone else's expectations. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's maybe other conflicts in your life. Yes. And the, the dreams are sort of highlighting those conflicts, even though it's weird because it's an ex and it's... Right. So are you, like, in love with him in these dreams? No, it's more... It's uh, a lot of... I feel like the last time it happened, it was a relief of, like, oh, I'm not there. Okay, thank God I'm not I'm not, I'm not. not yeah. with you anymore. But he had, like... I saw him, and he was married and, like, had a family and was all very much, like, put together. And I was, you know, probably, like, not wearing pants or something. Right, <laughs> right, 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 <laughs> you know? right, right, right. Um, so I think it's just... It's when yeah, I'm feeling so ex ex Experts say that when you have a dream like that, that your ex has moved on, it indicates there's something that you need to move on from that you haven't or whatever, which is it sounds exactly right in your case. Yeah, the, the sense of like of uh, feeling like such a mess that like I did something bad to you multiple times, which is dumping you. Right. Yeah, no, I uh, so this this ex that I was talking about with the dreams, like for the longest time, like if my because my boyfriend and I have been together for five years and like, you know, shit happens over five years. Yeah. And so I would have these dreams about this ex and he would be like, hey, 
I'm here if you want to, you know, come back. But the last time I dreamt about him, which was like months ago, months ago, um, he was like, hey, what's up? And I was like, hey, no, I need you to back off, which I woke up and was like, oh, what? Nice. Okay, so uh, subconscious, like, all right, thanks for that. Uh, that's, I have not had that experience. That sounds... I was surprised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's very impressive because, well, and also, like, I, like, I, you know, listeners know, like, totally in love with my husband. He's the best. Um, but I've had dreams about my ex and, like, I, I have an ex, there's two exes that I have dreams about and, you know, they're both not, make no sense as like human beings or whatever and uh for me and um and I actually wrote about one of them in my book uh how to make white people laugh and so so if you've read that book you'll know like he actually disappeared we were together for years and then his way of ending it was disappearance and so that took um a minute for me to process because yeah. i had nothing to process you know what i mean right. i was given like nothing and um and then the so but the interesting thing is um sometimes He's in my dreams, but I think it's just because he was, like, my first real mm-hmm. love and all that crap. Mm-hmm. And it is mm-hmm. like that, you know, you just are, like, looking for the youthful spark that you had with that person kind yes. of thing. Um, and so I don't put too much into it. And the other interesting thing about, like, because I'm so fully—I've so fully graduated from that time in my life. You know what I mean? I don't think about him, and I consciously don't think about him. And and this is something that didn't make it into the book because it happened after the book, I'm pretty sure it happened after the book was written was um i actually saw him so like i hadn't seen him no news and the only way i knew that he wasn't dead is because a friend of mine ran into him at a Uh coffee shop right um so it was like okay he he just fully disappeared in this really weird way um left a bunch of things you know what i mean it was like very the weirdest of disappearances and uh and then he and i i saw him um actually near here <laughs> in the park across the street what yes and uh and i had a chance to say something like and i guess and sometimes you know you have these visions of like yeah if i fucking mm-hmm. see that guy again this is what i'm gonna say you know whatever i'm gonna throw a hot cup of coffee in his face <laughs> whatever i'll just take out my machete and uh, murder him. <laughs> no i and i i had all these like yeah when i see him again i have this monologue prepared i saw him and i, I was more just annoyed and i walked the other direction and that was it like it was the most I was like oh I feel I have no desire to speak to him I don't need to I'm so much happier my life took a noticeable turn for the better like after he was out of it because he was also you know in the article talks about if you were with a to- in a toxic relationship mm-hmm. which is what which is what that had become it was love in the beginning and then it changed and even I had fallen out of love with him but couldn't end it because of a weird toxic stew that we were in um and so it was interesting to like that adult feeling of like oh i don't need to do anything here i'm i am my personal life is a success now it's i don't need that i don't what's the point Mm -hmm. uh did he notice you oh yeah he so wa- he, he saw wa- you. He watched. He waited. Wow. He was like, looked. I mean, he because because the other little detail of the story is that I was ordering a cachapa, um, like which is like the sister of an arepa. 
<laughs> before, like what's an arepa, which is like the it's a sister, delicious pocket of food. It's a little pocket of food um, brought, brought to you by Argentina. Anyway, <laughs> and um, and I there was like these little stands in this park, and I was like ordering one of those, and I was like walking around eating it and looking at other stands. So he was watching me eat something, which is also awkward, I think. And when I saw him, I was like, ah. I just wanted to eat this cachapa in peace, you motherfucker. And then and then the other thing is like I wasn't filled, you know, when you see something and you're rattled, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, I wasn't rattled, nothing. I was just like, ugh, now I have to walk this other direction that I wasn't planning on. Yeah. It was nothing. It was all of it was nothing. So I thought that was really interesting. Uh and it, it, it illuminated how my insides felt yeah. about something. But I do find you know, and there's like another ex that I sometimes um that sometimes comes up and again, not a, like it wasn't a great relationship, but, but it had all of that, like, ah, love, mm-hmm. you know, whatever <laughs> those feelings. And I think that they just come up because, yeah, because this, you know, n- there's no, n- the spark is not missing. It's just like the pilot light is off and you need to like restart the pilot light and it's not a big deal. You know what I mean? Um, but you have to, I mean, I'll tell you guys that I, uh, we started taking salsa classes. Oh. Uh, uh, and I feel like that was something that like, lit a spark yeah um, you know new it's experience just, it was just a new experience and we were both awkward and it was cute and i was like nervous and i was like am i wearing the right outfit to the salsa class like i don't know um so i feel like there are uh you know there's things you can do if you start dreaming about yeah your i think um every time my boyfriend and i have started feeling like Ugh, we realize that we've done it to ourselves mm-hmm. because we both work very long hours. Yeah. You know, we're we're not frequently in the same room at the same time. Yeah. And so we just make a conscious decision to like call each other more on our breaks or whatever. And that Cute. even even a small action like that, just being able to check in and indicate I actually love you and care about you and want to know how your day is going, like that is enough to be like, oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was actually I mean, yeah, the one th- I was comforted by this article in general because A, I didn't realize everybody dream- dreamt about their exes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently everybody does. Um and B, I I, I worried that it meant something mm-hmm. and it doesn't yeah. mean it doesn't mean something about your current relationship, which is like what concerned me. Yeah. Um not in a serious way, because I was like, no, my conscious mind is like, mm, this is my guy. Uh, I, I have no questions there. I'm like, more, what am I? I'm worried that my husband's going to listen to this podcast. He doesn't listen to this podcast. I know. <laughs> um, Fake the Nation, a podcast in which the host's husband doesn't even listen to it. <laughs> Please subscribe. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I was comforted. By that aspect, I will say um, this: it, it's not specifically about uh, dreaming about exes, but um, I will if I have a particularly emotional dream because mm. I, I definitely uh, like just funnel any of my like internal turmoil into my dreams, and usually I'm just like back in high school and still unpopular. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And if I like wake up next to. My husband, like, and I just see him, he can, he can tell if I've had, like, a difficult dream because he will sometimes ask me, like, if I'm a little aggro in the morning, he's like, is it me 
or is it a dream? Was it a dream? Because there will there have been days yeah. when I'm harsh to him partly because I was like, well, you were a real dick in my dream. And <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just carrying this out into the day. He's like, Kristen, I can't, I can't help you there. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, oh. Got to keep those dreams in check. And I told Kristen this story yesterday because we were talking about this topic, uh, this article, and it reminded me of a dream I I had years ago. It was definitely not about an ex. Uh. It was about Ryan Philippi. <laughs> and the intensity of emotion. Like, I have dreams where I'm sobbing or yeah. I'm furious. Like, it feels like emotions get very heightened. And in this particular dream, I was in love with that curly-headed fool, and I couldn't shake the feeling all day long. That you were just in love with Ryan Philippi? Yeah. Is it Philippi? Is it Philippi? 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 Call well, your dream, your, though. He's yeah. your lover. Our Phil. We'll <laughs> dream lover. And a dream lover. <laughs> That's weird for it to, la- to linger so long. It lingered. So specific, too. I know. I don't even like him. Oh, it's a Felipe. I feel like these days. Felipe. Yeah. I feel like these days Ryan Felipe would just be pumped if a woman was dreaming about him. You know? It's kind of he had like there. a series regular on a show about a. Nope. Nope. Can't conjure it. Can't conjure it. So, yes, he's probably yeah. w- hoping that women are dreaming about him. Um, so, I Ryan, if you're listening. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. I hope he's listening. Um, okay. Sorry, I'm unavailable. <laughs> All right, now we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, it's me giving a pep talk about online dating. Today's show is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. It monitors your spending. It helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. I have used Rocket Money. And you guys, honestly, I had no idea how many things I was subscribing to that I didn't want to be subscribing to. I think we all go into, we enter into subscriptions with a Pollyanna view that we're going to use as a subscription, even though it's a super obscure, you know, education app from Albania that uh, teaches Russian math or whatever. And then you're like, I'm never going to use this. Why did I get it? I should remember to cancel it. And then you don't. And I know you guys are like me and I know you've done this to yourselves. And guess what? 75% of people have subscriptions that they've forgotten about. So we're all in this bucket. And I think paying for that stuff is so angering and Rocket Money is there to help. Because basically Rocket Money shows you, hey, look at this is what all the things you are subscribed to. But then here's the bigger thing. To unsubscribe, you don't have to go through the whole rigmarole. Rocket Money unsubscribes for you with a click of a button. It's so easy. The other thing Rocket Money did for me, which I was incredibly grateful for, was reduce the cost of one of my bills. It was my cable bill. Yes, I still have cable. Rocket Money has over 5 million users that have saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all the app's features. I mean, that 
fact tracks for me and for the number of things I was paying for that I'm frankly ashamed of. So thank you, Rocket Money, for like fixing the shame glaze on my life. Uh, so stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Again, that's rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation, you guys. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Do you love video games? Heather Ann Campbell and Nick Weiger sure do. So why have they decided to punish themselves by playing the worst and weirdest games ever made? To answer this fundamental question, how did this get played, uh, is the name of their podcast. Each week on how did this get played, Nick and Heather, they sit down with their funniest friends and they play some of the worst video games imaginable. Oh, and uh, let's not forget that Nick Weiger has been on the podcast, so you already love him. So if you've ever experienced the pain of playing a terrible video game or have ever played a video game so strange you thought, like, why even is this? Then this is the podcast you've been waiting for. Listen and subscribe to How Did This Get Played now wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. Okay, so they asked me to do a pep talk, and the first thing that came to mind was a pep talk on online dating. So many of my friends are doing it. I've done it. Everyone does it. And everyone hates it. I don't think they should, though. I have a pep talk for you. Uh, so listen up. I, I really hope it helps. And if it does, let me know. I think no one actually gives advice about online dating because everyone hates it. And their advice is like, don't do it. <laughs> Hey, y'all, and welcome to the Unladylike Pep Talks album. I'm Kristen. I'm Caroline. Pep Talks are pick-me-ups for when patriarchy gets you down. Starring some of our favorite, most inspirational, hilarious, and brilliant unladies. Today is no exception because, Caroline, we have comedian and host of Fake the Nation podcast, Nagin Farsad. And Nagin spent her 20s and 30s in New York City. Oh, Lord. <laughs> And she did a lot of dating and a lot of online dating specifically. Yeah, but unlike a lot of daters, Nagin describes herself as a fan of dating. And she's gone out with plenty of duds. 
So we're going to hear what Nagin's learned about online dating and how to actually have fun while doing it. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate this perspective from someone who <laughs> uh, loves love like Nagin does, <laughs> but not in like a super cheesy way. Um, and Nagin is also a straight lady, but her tips and takeaways for navigating what can be a total cesspool of online <laughs> dating, like they really apply regardless of whatever kind of relationship or hookup you're looking for. And it's a breath of fresh air, Kristen, to hear an optimistic take on online dating because we do just often hear the horror stories because those are the funniest, right? And speaking of which, there is an unladylike pep talk for that, too, if you want to go find it. But regardless of your relationship status, today, Nagin will have you cackling. Yeah, she will. And before we hear Nagin's pep talk, Caroline, you and I have a little online dating story to share. Not not our own. We didn't date online. No, no. That is not how you and I met. <laughs> but let's rewind the clock to the pre-Tinder days. So in yeah. like 1943, <laughs> um, OkCupid was the name of the game. Yep. And you and I had started hanging out together. I don't know if we were podcasting together. We were. We and were. I, okay. I, yeah. Yes, we were. And I can tell you exactly why as soon as we get into this story. Okay. So I, I found myself single, per usual, and I got on OkCupid, quickly met this guy. He looked, you know, attractive enough um, and... I, and I don't mean that in a mean way. He he was a he was an attractive dude for sure. And one of the first things he told me was, "Well, I've Googled you." Oh. And we were still making introductions, so I I was like, "Well, you tell me about me then, you." That's so strange. <laughs> but we we did hit it off, and he was a nice guy. But then he sent me a photo of a baby, oh. and it was a baby he was related to. Oh, okay. But um, it just felt too soon and, like, pressure. And so I ghosted. Yeah. And so listeners are probably like, what does this have to do with you and Caroline and online dating? Well, I was also on OkCupid in those single days early on in my time in Atlanta. And uh, I came across a guy who was attractive. So we meet on OkCupid. I tell him, like, kind of who I am, what I do, which involved the word podcasting. And we go out, we have a good time, we have some drinks, like nothing seems out of the ordinary. We honestly have a great time. And and we like talk about hanging out again. And then he's like weird about scheduling a second date. And I don't really notice it at first because, you know, I'm dating around, whatever. We finally go out on a second date and he apologizes for it, like taking so long or whatever to yeah, get. He would. He, yeah, he was thoughtful. He was a thoughtful guy. But he he apologizes because he says... Well, I figured out who you were when you said that you were podcasting because I actually used to go out with your podcasting partner. And you know the scene in Inception when, like, the bridges and all the buildings, like, turn inside out or whatever? I guess that happens in Doctor Strange, too, if you've never seen Inception. Just picture that happening because I was like, what? Are we just interchangeable? But... Let me tell you this. He was like, but, I, you know, I just wanted to get it out in the open. It doesn't bother me. Like, I really like you. I have fun with you. It doesn't bother me. Yeah. We aren't sisters. Right. Exactly. Well, so it clearly did bother him because then he, like, called it off, like, immediately after that. He was like, I just can't do it. Kristen, you threw him for a loop. (sighs) I know. I know. Um, Can I just add one last thing 
he could have saved himself some trouble if he had just Googled you before your first date instead, too. Or if when I had already said that I podcasted. Because you know what? You know what? I'm calling bullshit right here because I think he walked in that first date knowing exactly who you were. I think so, too. Unladylike meat cereal. Let's track this case <laughs> down. Actually, let's not because we got a pep talk to hear. <laughs> So, yeah, let's get this show on the road, you guys. Uh, We're going to let Nagin take it from here, and be sure to hang around for her pep talk. Okay, you guys, I'm uh, Nagin Farsad. I am a comedian slash writer, actor, and I live in New York City. So when I think about online dating... I think about my years of online dating, which were pretty successful and not horrible. Like, I I think about how my attitude towards online dating is probably different from literally everybody I know. (laughs) I feel like all of my friends um, who are currently and formerly have online dated, they are so negative about it. You know, they're just like, oh, this thing like it's like almost like they're going to the dentist or something you know what I mean like online dating should be the gateway to love you know <laughs> it's like a good that feels I feel like I said something so cheesy right now like it, I'm blushing at myself but my point is that it is it is the gateway to love and we should be excited about it and not treat it like the worst thing ever There were so many times in my dating life that I could have used a pep talk about, you know, just about dating, but also about online dating. I mean, there were some dates where I was just like, I felt like I was talking to a wall and those were really difficult. Um, And I just thought maybe there's only men who are walls. You know what I mean? In America, is that what's going on? You know, because sometimes you get like a cluster of people in a row that just make you feel like, all men are not going to be my love, you know? Uh, And again, not all men suck or anything like that. Just like, there's no man who is my love and like, I'm just looking for my love, which is I can't stop being cheesy about this. (laughs) Because someone help me stop saying the word love. (laughs) This is getting out of control. So I had this one bad date. The date took place entirely next to Adrian Grenier from Entourage. <laughs> so we were like having drinks at this bar and he was there. And he was with a friend or I don't know, some lady. And uh, I don't know how much he noticed, but I was a little like, I, and I don't, you know, I'm not like weak need over Adrian Grenier or anything. I don't care what he thinks about me. But I did have a moment of like, I hope Adrian Grenier doesn't think I'm dating this guy because this guy is the pits. And the weird thing that happened was like Adrian asked us if we would watch his chair because he had to go to the bathroom and he was waiting for his friend. and He didn't want to give up his two seats or whatever. And this guy was like, first of all, didn't know that Adrian Grenier was like a famous pseudo famous dude or whatever. But also he was like trying to be funny, but it was coming out weird where he was like, I'm not going to just like get into a fight over your seats or whatever. And Adrian Grenier is like, okay, like, I don't need you to like get into a fist fight over my seats. I'm just saying, could you watch that while I got, you know, while I go to the bathroom? The whole thing was really just weird and embarrassing because this guy was like 
going for something and it wasn't working so hard. And like, he was just like a dorky, embarrassing dude who was trying really hard to be funny, but he wasn't funny. And I don't, you know, you don't need to do that even if you're on a day with a comedian. Like, you should just like be yourself. Like, I don't need, you know what I mean, a date with anyone to be like, I'm watching Monty Python. Like, get out of town. That's fun. You know, let's just all be real. Anyway, it, so it was that kind of date where he's trying too hard, but it was do the whole thing was happening weirdly with Adrian Grenier's, you know, in front of him. And and so I felt, I don't know, it wasn't that bad. (laughs) It wasn't actually that bad, but it was, you know, it's just like weirdly embarrassing. I witnessed my roommate who... He was like this kind of finance guy, spent many years like working and then was like, oh, wait, I've spent so much time working. I don't have a girlfriend and I would like a girlfriend. And so he treated the whole process like a finance guy. He just basically started a spreadsheet, kept track of who he, re- who he reached out to, reached out to a certain number of people a week, whittled it down. And he'd be like, of these people, you know, 30% of them will go on a date with me. Of those people, you know, 10% will go on a second date with me. You know what I mean? He had it down to a science. And it's funny because it sounds like non-romantic, but he literally married a woman, like the woman that they've been together forever. They have kids. I mean, they're this wonderful couple. <laughs> like, I love her. I think she's amazing. And it happened because he took a, not a judgmental approach to the, he was, it wasn't an overly emotional approach. It wasn't anything. It was just sort of like, this is a tool. I am using it to have an ends that are emotional, but this part of it is a, simply a sorting method and it's not doesn't need to be emotional. It's not about me. It's about the tool. Okay, so I feel like, you know, because I'm a fan of um, online dating, I think it can be, and forget online dating, I'm a fan of dating, I'm a fan of being set up, I'm a fan of, all, like, on a blind date, all of those things that involve a, a measure of anxiety and heinous feelings from people. <laughs> like, I think they're great, and they can be great. Like, here are ways to make your dating and online dating just better. You know how when you're falling asleep, you're not supposed to think about sleep? You're you're not supposed to think about, oh, my God, now I have less time to sleep because I haven't fallen asleep yet. And, oh, my God, I have even less time to sleep because I haven't fallen asleep yet. And you're, like, focusing on sleep so you can't sleep. I think dating is a similar thing. You can't think about the dating too much. So, like, when you want to fall asleep, you have to kind of, like, count sheep, listen to a meditation app or whatever, something to get your mind off of the task at hand. And then your mind will hopefully be lulled by the boredom of the other thing into a state of sleep. That's a little bit what I think about dating. So, A... Don't go into it like, oh, my God, the fate of my life. Like, you're putting too much pressure on the situation. None of these people is the answer to your life. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. It's not like that. Your whole goal is just, like, meet somebody that you think is cool. And that's it. Um, it's not like the rest of your life. It's not who you're going to marry. It's not whatever. Don't think about those things. So that's one. Then the, my my next thing is it is a bit of a numbers game. And, ladies, this one goes out to you because I know a lot of you like to wait for someone to reach out to you. My rule was I do not accept the people who reach out to me. They are incorrect about liking me. (laughs) I will be the judge of who should be liking me. (laughs) And so I only went out with people. I think there was maybe 
one or two guys that made it through this rule, like they sent me an email and I was like, okay, you might have a point. Uh, And then I maybe went on a date with them. But by and large, like 98% of the time, I reached out to a dude and that is who I ended up going on a date with. It was not people who reached out to me because I used to feel like you're wrong. You don't know what you're talking about or you're just looking at pictures and that's not what this is about. It's not about pictures. So then following up on that rule, you can't have too many online exchanges with the person. It can't be like, I got to know this person through the fucking messaging app on the stupid thing. No, you have to move the conversation over to real life as soon as possible. So I would have, hey, likes this whatever thing about your profile struck me as interesting. Ha ha ha. What about you or whatever? And then they would respond. And then I would be like, oh, that's great. Do you want to get a drink? Literally three exchanges is like oftentimes how fast it would be for me to get into do you want to get a drink? Don't let it go on too long because what I found is if you talk too long with someone online, you start building a persona for them and that's not who they are because invariably you're wrong. Then you meet that person in in real life and you're like, oh, this person's gross though. And it's like so jarring and shocking. You can't even open your mind to him not being the thing you created or her. Okay, so that's that rule. And then my next rule is your first date should be something hopefully early in the evening, unless you're trying to make do two for one dates, what two dates in the night, which I used to do to be more efficient. What you should do is have a short thing planned, like 6 p.m., meet me at this coffee place, or 6 p.m., meet me for happy hour, whatever, 3 p.m. on a Saturday, meet me at that. Okay, you meet there, you arrive, and you say, before you even really get a good look at them, you say, I can only be here for an hour because I'm sorry, I have a deadline or I've got a thing or whatever it is. And so just set the expectation immediately. Oh, this is like a short deal, which the other person would have already been cued by when you make it a coffee date or a drink date because those aren't supposed to take hours and hours and hours, right? Okay, so no matter what happens, I would leave the date after an hour. So leave your date after an hour because you want to leave them wanting more. You want for that person to be left with you wanting more <laughs> sentences. Um, and if you have that spark, the spark of like, oh, my God, I want to see this guy again. I want to see this girl again. Oh, my God. That spark will grow and it'll be a good thing for your little heart. And it'll be a good thing for their little heart. And, you know, you just don't want to blow your load too early. So give it, like, wait so I can date it, you know? Um, I don't kiss anyone on the first date and do anything like that. I was an after-third date kind of gal when it came to the kissing. Okay, and then here's the other thing. Now, you've got these rules in place. That's great. That doesn't mean they're going to be gems, you know, just because you have these rules of how to conduct yourself. No, you're going to sit across people that you feel like are like the worst humans. You know what? Maybe not even the worst humans because it's not like I feel like I dated anyone who was like a white supremacist or whatever. Like, no, I didn't. I did feel, though, that I dated some people that I thought were unbearably boring or just like super weird or whatever, right? So in those situations, I what I did to keep my, again, mind off of dating, right, was like, okay, I'm a person and I want to be interesting at cocktail parties and I will get something interesting out of this person about their life. So I would like Turn it into, I know within two minutes that I will never have sex with this guy. Oh, my God. That is an impossibility. 
However, I'm going to get something out of this me, this hour of my life that's interesting. And that would be the goal because then that's kind of fun. You know what I mean? And then so you turn it into a little bit of a sociological experiment. I remember I went on a first date with a guy who it turns out after multiple like versions of questioning about his background, he was grew up in a cult. What? I know. In one of those weird cults and like he didn't go to school. He was like homeschooled in this cult. I mean, so interesting. And I thought, you know, I was like, oh, this guy will be a great boyfriend for someone else. I do not see it happening. But this is so interesting, you know. So my point is you can kind of view everyone as like this is a, is a chance for me, me to get another story out of this great mass of humanity that is nothing but stories. Oh, and then one last rule. Once you start dating... Don't text too much. This isn't about texting. This is a relationship is not about how you and someone else text each other. <laughs> a relationship is a nuts and bolts face-to-face thing. And I think the best thing that happened to me accidentally with the man who is now my husband, which is his doing, is that he didn't text me. He would call and try to make an arrangement that way, which was hilarious because this is not like long ago. You know what I mean? This was like you know, we were already in the world of like nobody phone calls. That's crazy pants. But he would. And that's how we would make plans. We wouldn't even stay very long on the phone. It would just be like, hey, do you think you could do whatever? And I'd be like, yeah, that sounds great. And that would kind of be it. And then so we didn't, our communications only happened when we were on dates. And that was amazing because I wasn't waiting for text messages from him all the time. It didn't, I didn't drive myself crazy doing that. Those are my rules. Nagin is right, y'all. Online dating should not feel like going to the dentist. Although I love my dentist. <laughs> you like going to the dentist? I literally girl? love going to the dentist because my dentist is awesome. <laughs> okay. So, All right. But it shouldn't feel like going to a bad dentist. Yes. Online dating should not feel like going to a bad dentist. So true. Um, but I think that we can take Nagin's non-judgmental approach to the whole shebang and mm-hmm. apply it to so many other facets of our life, whether it is something that we are looking for relationship status-wise mm-hmm. or just any new thing that we're curious about mm-hmm. um, but are maybe too anxious uh, <laughs> to try. Mm-hmm. Because she's right. You, you don't know what kind of interesting people, sexually attracted to them or not, uh, you might meet. You don't know what adventures might befall you. Yeah, and you don't know, even if you're mega attracted to someone, like just by their picture or their profile, or the flip side, you're like, I don't know how I'm going to feel about this. Who knows what's going to happen on the actual date? Truly, you never know, because that person could end up being a fascinating former cult member whose life experience you would never be able to hear about otherwise. That's true. So go on dates as like a sociological, journalistic experience? I mean, basically, if you are someone like me who listens to too many podcasts and there comes a day when you run out of cult-related podcasts to listen <laughs> to, start going on you're just going to need to start going on dates and finding your own stories. But Caroline, there is something I'm still wondering about in the online dating world, which is, you know, making the first move. Like, uh, I mean, my first move is usually just like awkwardly staring at someone until they hopefully like catch my glance. <laughs> So if I'm just using my phone to do that, like, not sure how. Fortunately, Nagin knows much better than I do. 
So when you initially write, I don't remember exactly how I handled this and every it didn't I didn't have like a hard and fast rule, but I usually tried to pick out something, you know, on Tinder. I feel like it was a little harder because I was like trying to pick out something from their photo and say something about it or like from the little caption, you know? Um which is why I feel like other sites like OkCupid were like bet more my style because I could like read something and get a sense. And I felt like it was easier for me to get a sense and like have an introduction entree. So, you know, like, you know, if they said something about Cleveland, I could, I would be like, I was in Cleveland once and I had fried pickles. Where do you stand on those? Some, I mean, which is so dumb, you know, and you can even acknowledge that being a dumb question in here. You know, uh, that might be a dumb question, but I want uh, you know, but there's my uh, excuse to reach out to you or something. And that's kind of cute. I don't know. Um, so I found that I got a lot of responses with the short, you know, you don't, you're not writing a treatise. So it's a short thing and it's not, oh, this is a mistake that guys make all the time, but like not at all like sexual. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just more fun and cute. Well, so what if you navigate the tricky waters of online dating apps? You message someone you're interested in. They actually agree to go on a date with you, and you go on a first date. Like, that's great. Yes. But what if after the first date you're feeling kind of ambivalent? Like, it was pleasant enough, but you didn't exactly feel a huge spark. Like, what should you do then? I think you should have a second date. Because you don't know. Because people are hard to know. Hey, people are hard to know, you guys. <laughs> and so you may be able to get a sense of them, you know, in your sexual attraction within two minutes, but you don't know their darkest, deepest soul. It takes a minute. So go on a second date. Although Nagin is not a, uh, you know, like professional expert in dating, uh, she was good enough at it that she's not doing it anymore. Uh, Nagin is now married to her husband, Jason. Uh, they got married a few years ago, and late last year, they added a new member to their family. I gotta be honest, I have a daughter now, and uh, what she is began the process of smiling, and smiling is a... Uh, it's like crack, it turns out. Baby smiles are crack. If you'd like to hear more of these pep talks, check out Unladylike, available on Stitcher Premium and wherever you find your podcasts. I want to thank you for listening, and I also want to thank the production team here at Fake the Nation. That's our producer, Harry Nelson, our audio engineers, Jared O'Connell and Andy Christens. Gabby Alter wrote our theme music. Lily Fleshler helps out with research. And, dear listeners, we'd love to hear from you. You know why we'd love to hear from you. So send us your feedback, topics you think we should be chatting about, guest ideas that you might have. You can leave us a voicemail at 347-770-4981. Or you can drop us a line at comments at fakethenation.com. If you like what you hear... Leave us a review at Apple Podcasts because that actually helps people find the show. Oh, my God. I hope you guys are having the best holiday. Bye. Bye.